Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dismantling You podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Pineda. What's the connection between the military, religion, and love? What is the path to peace and love for all? Why is love so complicated, and what can we do to make it more simple? This week's guest is Juan Lee. Juan is a transformational speaker, author, and teacher on the powerful principle of love. He struggled with an undiagnosed learning disability that made school difficult. He joined the U.S. Air Force out of high school in hopes just to survive. This week's episode is sponsored by Costa Rica Surf Trip. They are my partners for my annual yoga, surf, and golf retreat in February 20, 2022. So if you are new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes release. And don't forget to leave a review. The more reviews and shares that we get, the more people we can reach. And you never know when an episode can impact someone's life. Stay tuned now for my conversation with Juan. to my podcast, Juan. I'm very delighted to have you join me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, Juan. So I'd like to start with what was the catalyst for you to go into the Air Force? Wow. You start right at the heart of it, huh? Um, It was because I was felt hopeless. I was, I was, uh, had low self-esteem. I had no ambition. I had no desire. I felt really, um, like I was nowhere to survive. I had no way of surviving. Um, it was life really became real when I graduated from high school and I had no directions, no hope as to how I would survive. What? was your time like there and how was the process yes i went in the air force trying just to merely survive just to find a place to survive um and it broke me to be perfectly honest with you it broke me from hiding from pride um, from this individual having to do everything on my own. You know, I was, I was fighting a ghost, to be honest with you. I had an undiagnosed learning disability. Um, And so I was just ashamed and the Air Force took it, didn't, and here again, it was not diagnosed until I was 37 years old. I was in the Air Force, out of the Air Force before I even got diagnosed with it. Wow. But the process that the military takes you through is that they break you. And they basically tell you that your value, we're going to give you your value. Now, I didn't have any. Um, but what it did was it's like you're not going to be able to hide anything either. So everybody was equal. There was no big U's and small I's or big I's and small U's. It was we were one, we were a team, and we all had to do everything together. 
And if we didn't do it together, we weren't going to succeed. So what was that like going through the Air Force with a learning disability? Obviously, you didn't discover it till later as an adult. But looking back, did you see the red flags? Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing. Um, while going through uh, school, which going through my my school, one through 12, you know, I ended up in special education. And but no one ever really diagnosed why I was in special education. They basically um, pawned me off as a disciplinary problem, you know, not understanding that my frustration was because I was playing out the fact that I felt that I was inadequate. And so I really just, it was just playing out my frustrations. So I was being kind of difficult. And, you know, that's pretty elementary school. I was really, you know, I was bad. Um, And then when I went to junior high school, I began to get labeled, you know, special education. And then when I got into high school, it was special education. And I felt that I was just losing out and missing out on growth and development, finding out who I was and my identity, um, because it was just like passing me through the system, just trying to push me on to get through the system, but never identifying who I was. So when I got into the Air Force, I was afraid, to be honest with you, because in the Air Force, we spent 90 percent of the time in class. It was it was classroom, 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 day after day. And I made it through. I made it through because it was about, you know, granted, we had to take tests individually, but I found out how I test, how I learned while in the Air Force. And so I began to find my identity. And as a result, I was able to be successful. Um, it wasn't easy, but I knew what I needed to do as a result of what I learned in basic training. And that was that I had to get over my my, uh, abilities or my fears of trying not to be exposed as being somebody fake. Mm. Um, Because everybody lives this life of just putting on this picture. And what the Air Force did, it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna expose you. And they exposed me to everybody in my flight. When when we were going on details, I was going to reading comprehension classes. Everybody else was doing KP in the kitchen, cleaning and doing work. I was going to reading reading um, classes to get my comprehension up. It took me a year to get my reading comprehension up to the point where there was acceptable to the Air Force. But they gave me that year to do it. Um, But it was everything else I did. I understood that I couldn't hide. And so it allowed me to be just authentic. And they made what I had to offer as being important, being necessary, and being sufficient. And I was a part of something bigger than myself. It wasn't all about me. It was about us. It was a lesson that we learned very early on in basic training that it wasn't, you know, you're not going to do this thing by yourself. 
I don't care how good you are in any area. You're only as good as your weakest link. And if you don't pull that weak link up, then that's as strong as you're going to be because you can't do it by yourself. It's impossible. The mission that we have, it's impossible to manage it, to accomplish it on your own. So you are very fortunate that you were able to have the system of support and the tools to help you overcome and garner success in life. What would you recommend for people with these types of disabilities? Well, the biggest thing is, is to never give up. Okay. You've got to reach out. You've got to get past the, 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 the myth or the idea that you have to hide from it or be ashamed of it. You've got to be able to reach out and find your identity because you have value. Okay. You have value. It might not be measured the way someone else is measured, but you are important. You are important. You have what is sufficient because you have something that someone else needs. We all have value and that is sufficient. Exactly. Let's not look at it as being less than. It's necessary. It's sufficient. Exactly. And also, Juan, what would you not only recommend for the individual, but for the people, their peers, their family, their support system? What would you say to them so that they can help this individual and, you know, to understand and be less judgmental? Well, see, that's it. That's the key to love. That's that's where love came in, because, see, love understands that there is no body that is not necessary. It is not important. That's not sufficient. What the struggle is, is that, you know, because again, I was 37 years old before I was diagnosed. It wasn't as though my parents and my friends didn't attempt to try to get me the help that I needed, but no one diagnosed me. No one gave me the formulas to manage through it. It wasn't until I got into the Air Force where they showed me a system that I could plug into that could I can identify my strengths and my and my value. That's brilliant. Um, so the people around it, it's the essence of love. It's to understand, regardless as to where you might see the another person being, they have value. And in so many ways, they might not even know it because of the struggle. But if you can begin to employ that type of sympathy, that type of compassion, that type of caring for someone else to wonder what it is that you can do to assist them, to help them, instead of just being, you know, offset or allowing them to do it on their own. Nobody does this thing called life on their own. There is nobody. We all need each other. And, and this is important that we all understand that it's going to be a giving and a taking, a giving and receiving. But our fulfillment comes in giving, not in receiving. That's a great segue for my next question, Juan. What was the catalyst for you to write the book, uh, Love Made Simple? It was basically because of what we just talked about is the fact that people don't understand love. It's so confusing. People get so many different opinions as to what love is. And love is is so many things, but at the at the root cause of it or the root of it, 
It's about a sacrifice. It's about giving. It's about pouring out into something that's bigger than you are and that bringing you fulfillment when it's accepted and received. This, the process of love, it, it, it cannot fail because it's a giving with no expectations of return. No expectations. And so I was seeing that people were missing, miss, they were confused, first of all, and then they were being led astray, being mis, um, misinformed. Being, I mean, and it's so, it's so easy because one of the places where we go to find love is in, in religions and churches. And it was that place where we were divided instead of united, we used it, we, we use it for division. And there's so many things. But what I did in my processes was that I separated God from religion. I removed religion from God. God is love. And so I, in turn, took the aspect of love and didn't allow the confusion of religion to in, to, to in any way lessen the value of love. And that was where I, be I believed a lot of the confusion was. And from there, I gained nothing but success. And that was where many people were struggling with their life challenges and, and, and relationships and so many areas in, my, in their lives that I, I gained this sense of peace, this sense of, of, of contentment with all my needs met. And that's what love does. You're very fortunate, Juan, that you were able to, you know, inherit and get that wisdom, you know, because it's not that easy for a lot of people to understand the concept of what love is, which is um, my next question for you. You're the founder and the executive uh, director of Clear Journey, a nonprofit that brings clarity of life. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Basically, it's the practical application of love. And it's basically how do we implement this into our daily our daily lives? And there are, there are certain things that we need to be able to implement that love. And those are attitudes. The attitudes um, form a, a, a perspective that we can then desire to act in line with. And that is for the purpose of humanity. If we know that our purpose here on earth is to, is to protect humanity, that's, that's all of our responsibility, is to protect and to preserve humanity. And we can agree on that. That's something that we all can agree on. How we go about doing it is is our own individual gifts and talents. But those gifts and talents connect to one another. And as they connect one another, we make us all successful because love doesn't fail. Love has this innateness in it that when we all connect together, we succeed. We succeed because we're not, we have no other hidden agendas. We don't have a perspective other than the other one and other person, and that is that we sustain humanity. That's that's the driving force, and it eliminates division. It brings unity, and it allows us to be able to move succinctly together 
in what it is that we all have um, to accomplish for our, for, for our brothers, for our sisters, for each one of us, success collectively. I love that. Thank you so much for just reiterating the whole framework about love, because no doubt it's, you know, why we're here. You know, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, we all are dependent on each other. You know, we, we breathe the same air, we drink the same water. Amen. Thank you for, you know, just reiterating that. So, you know, your foundation also helps young adults and teens. I love that mission, that purpose. Well, it's to really, be, you know, because that generation, I believe, is the ones that can serve the most, can gain the most yeah. out of having a new concept, a new idea as to what love is. And it's not something that is to be made to be weak. It's something that gives you empowerment. And how do we do that? We give them the attitudes and the and the the life skills that allow them to navigate this life experience, knowing that they're connected one to another. In my book, Love Made Simple, at the end of each chapter, I break it down in the areas of teenagers, young adults, 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 and seniors. And it's basically given each of those categories, those stages in life, takeaways from that chapter so that they can immediately navigate, begin to maneuver, to understand that there's value where you are, where you are, no matter where you are in your life experience, you can implement love into your life by incorporating these attitudes and going forward and making a difference. I love that. That's certainly going to help young adults and teens. What's your definition of success? Hmm. Success starts with peace. Mm, Peace is that ability to have a clarity of mind. When you have that clarity, you're able to succinctly navigate life's challenges and being content with your abilities as you go through that navigation. It's not about comparing It's about being content and understanding who you are and where you are so that you can give your full abilities, your potential to humanity. That's that's success. It sounds like everything is in alignment with you, Juan. I love hearing your perspective on that. What were some of the challenges that you see in life? What dictates the way we see challenges in life? Well, I I think the major, the major challenge we have that love has to overcome and it's, it's intended to overcome it is division. You know, until we decide to find that thing called humanity as that root thing that's that brings us together, it makes us common. We've got to stop allowing others to divide us. We have allowed not only our communities, our society, our cultures to divide us. We are a country, and we speak, I'm speaking of America, we are a country that's made up of such richness. And we've allowed it to be a divider instead of a enrichment. And until we can fought and fight against the divisions, you know, we're going to struggle with being able to 
really embrace the fullness of humanity because we're collectively together is the power that allows us to be able to do anything. I mean, we look at just the evolving, the evolution of, of, of mankind from the past to the present and now on into the future, but it's about being able to come together to get that, to reach those, those plateaus, those monuments. Nobody's, we haven't gotten from where we were to where we are by, no one did it by themselves. It was collective. And we've got to stop allowing people, and I say people because um, we have a system of division. Our society, our culture, our, our, our very republic, so to speak, is made up of division. Capitalism has a divisive trend, tinged, you know, tends to it. It's, it's divisive. And we've got to not allow others to, to pit one against the other. We're one nation. And until we can realize that, and I was hoping that the pandemic would allow us to see it. But the fact of the matter is, is that the opportunity for it to bring value to our nation has been forwarded through politics. Mm. It's been present, it's been, it's caused us to take the one thing that we had the opportunity to see because it was very obvious when we were locked down, when we needed our heroes became people that we had overlooked and the people that we expected the most out of or had never advanced or had never looked on those people that were now heroes could now see that they were heroes. Our, our people that were our, our doctors, our, our nurses, our emergency, emergency managed, emergency uh, personnel, our, our, our military has always been there, but we're talking about our trash collectors, our mailman, our, our delivery persons, these people that were the lifeline for us being able to survive and to maintain some sense of normalcy, they were out there in the element. But we have a tendency that we want to go back to where we were before. And we have to realize that there's a new norm. But if we can, we can have value in the future if we can only accept each other and what they have together collectively. You certainly struck a chord. And there's no doubt we still have a lot of work to do. I'd love to ask all my guests what kind of self-care tips do you do and it you know it can be anything it's not necessarily you know uh the typical self-care but what what does Juan do to de-stress these days well I tell you I I what love does what love does is it keeps me in that state of peace and so irrespective of what's going on around me, I maintain, I I keep the attitude that keeps me in that state of peace. That's, that's, That's the power of love. It keeps me grounded because once I'm humble enough to be able to understand that you can't take anything from me, I give it away, okay? Then I don't have to be fearful of that which is out of my control, okay? 
So, in other words, attitude, the proper attitude, keep mindful of your attitude. Uh, that will determine your outcome. So if you can just, there are seven attitudes that I like to say that love goes. Love is self, is self it's, the first one is, is um, sacrifice, humility, courage, caring, discipline, responsibility, and tenacity. Those seven attitudes can manage your life, can, can navigate your life with those. And if you can just instill those attitudes in the right manner, doing the right situation, and that's key. And one of the things that I'm, I'm writing right now is, of course, teaching how to, to, to put those attitudes in place so that you can get the outcome that you're looking for. Um, so, but that's it. The thing that I do, I mean, here's the thing. I look at every situation, every person that I come into, come in contact with, as I, I want to love them. I want to love them. I choose. And that's one of the powers of love. It's that it's a choice. All I have to do is choose to love them. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Now, so long, you, to be able to get here, you basically have to be start with self and understand self to the point where you can want to desire to love no matter what. I love but that. that's where I am. That's amazing. So powerful. You know, my uh, podcast is based on dismantling beliefs and thought patterns. What ideas or concepts have dismantled your belief system? And what was this awakening like for you? Well, again, I think my biggest thing for me was the confusing elements of religion and God. Mm. I, I had to really take the confusement, take the confusing, those things that made the power of God confusing to the point where I could use the value of what, see, the actions is what I was missing. You know, I needed to understand that I had an extreme responsibility to demonstrate that which is love. I have the ability to demonstrate that. It's up to me. That was an aha moment for me. It wasn't about sitting back waiting. I had the ability to make a difference. So good. So powerful. And at the end of the day, that is what it's about. You have the power to choose. If there was one thing you wanted people to take away from our conversation, what would it be? To be able to love is the hardest thing that you're ever going to do. But it's the most rewarding thing that you'll ever accomplish. To sit in the place of the clarity of love and the clarity of life and be able to endure whatever the circumstances are with peace, with clarity, with confidence, assurance. That's the value of love. So powerful, beautiful, and so soulful. I'll leave it at that. 
Juan, I'd love our listeners to find you, especially if they want to connect with you. Please tell us where they can find you online. Hey, by all means, come to my website, uh, .com. Uh You can pick up a copy of the book, ebook there, or you can also just, just go around the website and see what you like. I have a blog on there. I'm also on all of the social medias, um, Twitter. I'm at Love Made Simple. Um, Instagram and Facebook is Juan Lee Author. And LinkedIn, you can reach me at Juan Lee. Um, but I, I invite any of your, your audience, your listeners to send me an email. I have a newsletter that I can send you. Or if you just want to talk, if you want to see how love can help you navigate your life, send me an email. I mean, send me an email and we'll get on a Zoom and we'll talk. I am available. Um, I want to be able to share the power of love with any and everybody. Perfect. And I'll leave it with that, Juan. I'll be sure to include all of this in the show notes, Juan. This has been such an amazingly beautiful conversation. I love your work and all you do about the power of love and reiterating just basically what it means. Thank you so much for all you do and your willingness to join me today. I wish you much continued success. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. You know, it's these mindset shifts that truly make a difference. If you like this podcast, share it with someone and be sure to leave a review. Till next time, here's to dismantling you.